0: each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mountain Westwire football podcast. Jeremy here um going solo this evening matt had some uh recording sunday night a little bit later than i wanted to but uh it's all good he had some man you know how it's holiday travel coming from southern california back up to the central valley apparently uh taking a minute so what we're gonna do tonight i'm gonna do kind of a quick recap of the weekend a little bit of news because there is some news to go through, over and we'll have matt join again um probably do a monday podcast of so we'll a couple this week with the championship games being set I want to get his thoughts on Games of the weekend, mostly like Boise, San Go State a little bit, his Fresno State Bulldogs. Um, oh yeah, website, mwr.com. Maybe I should throw that throw that out there so people can go by and visit. And we appreciate the uh, influx of traffic recently because it's pretty cool. Bowl pe- Apparently, people like bowl projections, so I appreciate you guys finding out, even though I put Boise State in, the, in their home bowl game for like six straight weeks, but I don't know, just be a bit better team. We'll see if these even come to fruition, but there's fun to write and put up there and kind of guess a little bit. but um, so we're doing this might be a, probably be a shorter one than normal, but Matt will be into we'll kind of do a um, or we will do a quick preview of the weekend of the upcoming weekend Utah State San Diego State in the championship game down in Carson California, 12 Pacific on Fox next Saturday. Um, I'll get his thoughts on stuff like some of the games the weekend because honestly the games himself this weekend I'm not gonna lie. They were a bunch of bluffs because it seemed like a bunch of teams didn't want to be out there to play. And so and some people wanted to prove themselves because there was a ton of tiebreaker stuff going on who would get um, to host, who would play the championship game. End up being what me and Matt predicted on the, on the preview show was San Diego State and Utah State because San Diego State won and the Utah State won as well. Um, Air Force had a shot in there. Fresno State had a shot because we'll just go back to Thursday. Fresno State, Thanksgiving Day. Forty to nine. Like, where is this Fresno State team all year, man? We, I figured myself and Matt with um, having Nick Starkle back. Like, okay, this this could be a game. But man, Fresno put on the wor- woodshed. They crushed them. Jake Kaner, three hundred forty something yards, four TDs. Running game, mm, not the best. Ronnie Rivers came back. Jordan Mims didn't do a ton, but Rivers had a pretty big, pretty big game overall from rushing and receiving. Jalen Cropper had a good game. Jordan Mims had that long touchdown reception as well so he he did find it and run a ton but this was just a beat down offensively and defensively because he's going to this game it was okay what can tyler Nevins evans do for san jose state can nick stark will throw the ball to guys like isaiah hamilton um Derek Deese jr who's really good at that tight end spot but hamilton was limited but this was just in the first quarter i'm not gonna go play by play but like the first quarter of the game it was fresno state yeah, slowing down holding to a field goal Second quarter, 16 points, 10 points in the third quarter. They just took care of business, and San Jose State's offense could not keep pace, because that first field goal, unfortunately, was a um, red, almost almost red, so they got pushed back a little bit, but fourth goal to 14, so they got stuck there. There There's the fumble that didn't lead to anything. There's a safety with the intentional grounding. Oh, man, there's a lot not going right for San Jose State in, in this game, and Luckily, like, it could have been even worse because Fresno State didn't score on the um, first play that the ball after the safety punt fumbled it. The Jalen Cropper, or not Jalen Cropper, but, yeah, Cropper fumbled it. But turnovers off points were a big deal. You had a, oh, man, this is just a total beatdown. Like, I, like Spartans, I'm like, man, you got Nick Starkle coming back. He's going to throw the ball pretty well. He's going to get down the field because it's not like, Dude, we all know... Sorry, corporate dude, but we all know that San Jose State's... Uh, or excuse me, Fresno State's defense is not like uber elite. They have a couple players, but they're... It's not like they've been crushing them out in the West and holding teams to not a ton of points throughout the, throughout the whole season. Because when you look at the yearly stuff, this includes this week's game. They were yards per game. We were okay. They were like... They were middle of the pack. Like, they were... Well, I guess maybe a little bit better than I thought. But this includes this week's game. So we take away this game where they were dominant... They are probably like fourth or third, fourth, fifth, somewhere. So they are above average, but they weren't this elite, awesome defense that was just like, oh, we're just going to shut you down. Like, giving up 20 points a game. But, like, for Fresno State and what Nick Stark will done the past couple weeks, like, okay, this could be interesting with Fresno kind of binged up. But Fresno was, like, motivated, like, all right, we're going to – we win the game, put it in no doubt we'll have a chance if Aztecs lose in the, against Boise State on Saturday morning. Yeah, Saturday morning. But this was – there was nothing like – this is a – I'm not saying it's a bad game by San Jose State, but they're shut out in the second half. They went for a fourth down; if they needed to, but they killed. I think it was minus two in turnovers, or minus one, I guess, two turnovers. They could not run the ball with Tyler and to save their life, Nick Starkle was only six yards in attempt or nine and a half to Jay Kaner. This is just a, this is a matchup where's not a ton to add. Where it's just a, a lot of these, this will be like a lot of these recaps, just blowouts and massive things. So Fresno's not, not going to host. Or not even go to the title game. But I guess the big news, and we're good, it's time. good to note the time, it is Sunday night, uh, 9.38 Pacific, recording this at the moment. And there are rumors, because there's a huge, huge leak and Riley going to USC from Oklahoma. So we'll see, not that that's going to impact, it's going to impact something. Because it's, there's a huge snowball that'll go crazy Mountain West and cross college football down to every level, FCS, NFL, all sorts of stuff like that. But the big rumor right now is that, which is no shock, it will have our coaching track group as well. Probably should have done a couple days ago. But Kalen DeBoer is being rumored to be in the mix for the Washington State job to take over for Jimmy Lake, who was like go after a year and almost two, almost two seasons a year and like, what, 10 games? COVID year plus, like, 10 games. So don't be surprised by Tim, you hear this. This news could be out. And we'll dive into this more with Matt. We'll talk to Matt on Monday. We have our, another show about this. His thoughts about well, who's gonna if he goes? There's rumors like freaking Jeff Tedford coming back. I'm like, I'm not sure how big of a fan I am of that because that's he left for health issues. He did turn him around great, which is always amazing. Hopefully his health is better. But man, him being back would could be a good story. It was like it's not gonna be like lost him or Matt had the article like this is the worst hire in the world and blah 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 all that type of stuff. I, it won't be like that. it would be like, okay, he's back. But there's other options out there, I would think. And with uh, Kevin DeBoer, it's like clearly it makes sense for him to go if he were to able to go. But hmm, replacement names right out there. Are, are replacement names, we'll see how it is. But what we'll see as well is Jay Norvell's name will be out there because, well, I guess not Washington State. They promote it from within, which I guess helps out the Wolfpack. I'm assuming Norvell Minimum. We'll get a, <clears throat> excuse me, a huge increase in pay because he's, I believe, the lowest in the Mountain West, which is forty. He's done. Jeez, that guy needs to be paid. I mean, we'll get to that game for CSU. Whew. But we'll see if DeBoer. It seems, I don't know. There's other games like would, I, would Matt Campbell go there from Iowa State? He's probably being looked at Oklahoma, which is a better job than Washington, obviously. So we'll see how it goes. But I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. But it seems inevitable that he'll leave, in partly because you have guys like Ronnie river gone. Jordan Mims, I believe, is gone. You have um, Jay Kaner's going to most likely be gone. Like these guys are going to go off the NFL to do the thing. So we'll see if, if you see it around this year. If not, it could be next year. But that's something to look out for. So check us out on Twitter, MWCR where we will be doing a lot of stuff on that. Also, guys like websites like um, Football Scoop, uh, Chris Vinini like they do an amazing job obviously Bruce Feldman really good check out those guys on Twitter as well because they're all over this coaching search too and also the local guys in Fresno too do a lot of these type of things where they're on top of everything so we'll see I don't know man we'll, we'll see what goes on with that but let's get to the Friday games most of these games will be quick blah don't need to talk about them in depth I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is the deal Um, the big game of the weekend with the most <coughs> location was Boise State and San Diego State. Twenty seven sixteen Aztecs win. They were not was not looking good early on for if you're an Aztec fan because they were held to a field goal. They weren't moving the ball extremely well. Boise State was doing pretty good. Like they were ahead at the point where where we, I thought like George Shawney was healthy healthy, but like not having their center for Boise State clearly came back because Bakumaru once again was getting pressured, gets, I can't freaking, you have um, jo- Jonatavi, three and a half TFL, three sacks, couple QB hurries, Bachmar got sacked four times, uh, they brought in Jack Sears in that final possession, he's like, well, we don't want to get him hurt anymore, five QB hurries, this was just a game where the Boise couldn't keep him upright, he was under 50% passing, pair of picks, couple TDs, only 222 yards, but the thing that really changed the game for me when we were watching this, where it was pretty close you had Aztecs missed a field goal it's like it was a long one too like it was a uh, also freaking 9 a. I I keep saying freaking but 9 a.m local kickoff is crazy there's the thing about Brady Hoke is like I'm still eating my same spaghetti and chicken 5 a.m does not matter I guess you want to keep those uh, routines with the with the coaches for what they like to do and uh you know it's it, they're just creatures of habit but within the game itself yeah they missed the field goal almost 50 yarder can't blame them then it Touchdown, Boise State drove down pretty good because George Sonny had seven yards. He did fine. Like, he, on that first drive, he ran the ball pretty well. Stephen Cobbs um, had a couple catches throughout, like that 21 yarder whew, on the sideline. There were some good catches by Boise State here. But then you have Assex again, Holt being held for field goals. They're down. Okay, when it was 16 to three, it was like, oh, this is not going well because Assex were just going literally three and out. They went for it on fourth down, which you like the aggressiveness there on fourth and six because they're at the 27. It's like, it's a bit long for a field goal. They're already down thirteen to three. They give it up. Luckily, the defense kind of saved them, to hold the field goal. But then sixteen to th- sixteen to three, punt, punt. Like okay, this is not looking good. Um, but then you have <clears throat> Jordan Brookshire came in first. It was like, well, why is Lucas Johnson out? It wasn't said until later in the game or even end of the game where. Luke, Lucas Johnson had a knee injury, and he had a brace, I think it want to say the right knee, like throughout, they finally mentioned Aaron Taylor on the CBS broadcast, but oh yeah, he has a knee brace, so it wasn't for ineffectiveness, but he also wasn't playing well. Brookshire came in, I'm like, man, like, had he been this, where did he come from? Because he was running the ball, read options, getting his own yardage on the ground, passing the ball. Well, he came in on that first drive, first pass, Jesse Matthews, 30 yards down the field, and then another 17-yarder, then 29-yarder, like he went... Three for th- uh, three for four on that drive with the touch. I'm like, okay, whatever. Sixteen to ten, not whatever, but okay, that's nice. They're getting back in. Defense forces a punt, and then they get the ball back quickly in 25 seconds. Kick a field goal. They get the ball at their own 42 because Boise was pushed back. Like Boise didn't move the ball very well after the cut touchback, and so Aztecs like, okay, they get about 20 so yards. So 16 to 13. Free a ball game, about to get ball game back. They go down, kick a field goal. Easy one for Rice to 37. And then things just from that field goal before the touchdown before Boise just like couldn't figure it out. Aztecs go in, touchdown on the first drive in the second half. Interception return that eventually goes for a touchdown three plays three plays later. 27 16. And Jordan Brookshire looked amazing moving the ball. So we'll see. So that's a big thing to watch for a championship game when they play Utah State host if it's Brookshire or Johnson, but it's a weird to have a top 20 team. Quarterback issues the whole year, not just this game. Like where they switched, like they've been. We know how Aztecs are historically, at least since Ryan Lindley's been there about a decade. Christian Chapman was fine, but they're always like, they're good enough. Give it to Greg Bell. Give it to a couple of different running backs. Let's see what they can do. But this is a game where it was that was the last points 27-16. Bunch of but 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 Lots of bunts in the game, and that was a little boring ish. A little bit boring with down eleven plays. They just couldn't, Boise couldn't figure anything out from the Aztecs defense, but that spurt of the end of the second quarter to midway through third quarter was where Aztecs just came out and like, all right, we're going to do this. And you say it's the offensive line for Boise State, is a little bit, but the defense played poorly when the the quarterback was changed, because Brookshire, I think what may have surprised him, he hasn't been really as as athletic as Lucas Johnson could be running the ball typically, he's thrown more than not, so maybe that threw them off a little bit, but Boise's defense just couldn't stop Jesse Matthews. They couldn't make plays. And it was a culmination of like, both of them not playing great overall. Because for the day, Brookshire led the... Here's a crazy stat in the game. Brookshire led the team direction with 46 yards. Craig Bell only had 42 yards and a long of 12-1 and TD. So it wasn't like they were running the ball, like doing all these things. Brookshire played fine passing. The fish 11-15, 192. But he wasn't slinging the ball down the field very often. He had a couple of big passing plays, but he wasn't like... I well I should no I, maybe I should rephrase that. When he, Eleven completions, one ninety-two. That's efficient going downfield. So maybe I should retract that a bit. But this wasn't. Aztecs didn't win how we thought they'd win. They didn't run the ball extremely well. Boise did a good job slowing them down. George Tawney did did reasonably fine, but nobody else did anything. So yeah, it's just a game where Jesse Matthews huge game. Like he's been one of the better receivers in the conference the past couple weeks. He had I believe it was him with three touchdowns last week. So he's had I think five, six touchdowns in like three games. He's been one of the most reliable targets for this team where he yeah, had six touchdowns total for the year. which take his game log, but he Yeah, he has um four touchdowns in two games. So he had two earlier on, but he's been out there going well. Aztecs win, host title game next week versus Utah State, but man, this was this was a good game that it was just that little bit of stretch where Aztecs scored let me see how many they scored how many unanswered they scored, but they were down sixteen to three. And scored, well, I guess they scored 24 straight points. That's what it is. Yeah, 24 straight points, which kind mean, of a gut-check to Boise State. They finished with 7-5, which is one of their worst um, seasons. Most teams would be fine at the 7-5, but Boise State hasn't had. I'm trying to check real quick on sports reference, but typically it's like eight wins is a bad season for them. And they were super close. Like, we'll go through the schedule. Like, they played UCF close. They played Oklahoma State close. They somehow beat BYU, which is interesting. They had a lot of close losses in this game, team, were a couple of things here or there. Like this game is re- reasonably close. They just had that bad stretch and couldn't score. So, but this is their worst year for what, not kind of last year, but basically since t- 2013, when Chris Peterson left to go to Washington eight five. They have not had a seven win season in a full year since 1988, where they're in the Big West going six and five with Dirk Cutter. So. We'll see how it goes. They'll have guys back. We'll get off-season stuff, kind of reevaluate these teams how they did. This is Andy Alvarez's first year, so we'll see what's going forward for Boise State. But Aztecs host. So next game, we have not time to go through. Like these are all blocks. We're gonna cr- crush through these because why not? So Utah State thirty-five ten over to Mexico. Think about the of Mexico buddy Roger. It's close to program. He like there's some details pregame that we're not being we're not being divulged because you know can't do that type don't do those type of things, but. When you watch the game, it's like, oh, okay. No Andy Dumas, no no running back, all multiple running backs. Bryson Carroll started like came off of a grad transfer, a grad assistant, not transfer, but like he was like an assistant or student coach. He had to come in and play quarterback. Isaiah Chavez didn't play. Injuries, like this is that's just tough for Lobos. They eighty-five yards passing, they didn't get the one T D. One good thing I'll say, you had Peyton Dixon come in to take over for the running back duties, 23 for 95. So, there are a couple good things. Like, he comes back. Andy Dumas comes back. Like, they have a solid r- ground game. Joey Noble or Joey Takedown, as I think Matt mentioned on Twitter. Like, you have these guys out there where they can make some plays, where they could do a couple things. And there is some promise here. It's just the biggest issue is the quarterback. i oh, sorry. My apologies. Joey Noble is senior, so I'm 90% sure he's gone, depending. He has the year if he wants, like most people do, but assuming he's gone. But like offensively, they have a couple guys back running game that could lead them this upcoming year, next year in 2022 to, okay, they can make some noise. They just got to throw out the quarterback, but Logan Bonner, oh boy. he Him, Carson Strong, like these guys want to win Offensive Player of the Year. Jay Kaner, all these quarterbacks had huge games. 300 yards for Bonner, actually 312 specifically. Five TDs going to Devin Tompkins, who had... This is shocking five touchdown passes zero to Devin Tompkins 5 for 35 he speak of Tompkins might be my offensive player of the year like Bonner was good but not for those first couple of games where he was kind of hurt and they're kind of going back and forth but you had oh man but it, I think Tompkins might be, might be, might be my offensive player of there I think it's gonna come down to we got our staff val- ballot coming up but my options would be Brad Roberts from Air Force Jay from Fresno State Carson Strong. Um, Nevada, and then Devin Tompkins here at Utah State. I believe the only wide receiver to ever win it in the Mountain West was from Steve Smith way back in 98. And if you want to technically include Chad Hall, who was like a Z-back for Air Force, but basically ran, running back essentially. A couple passes here and there he caught. But, yeah, this matchup was – Aggies fine, did – not finally, but did something great. Dominated the first half and cruised to a 35-10 victory, up 28-0 at the halftime. They – like their deep butt pass, like that Derek Wright 76-yard touchdown passes, three passes over 30-plus yards minimum. Like, Bonner was efficient and looked very good, and they're ready because had they lost, there would have been – they weren't losing to Mexico, but they would have lose. there would be tiebreaker scenarios where it could have been like Air Force or Boise get in. Like, yeah, Justin Rice had a huge game. You had all these guys, like – oh, my goodness. You had Nick Henninger show up with three TFLs. You had Vons with two TFLs. Like, they were after – they had 12 TFLs this game. It was wild. Get some credit to the New Mexico defense. They do have a trio of sacks in this game, so they got the quarterback a little bit. <coughs> Well, excuse me, but overall, not, again, not much. At the, Utah State, plays one more game. They play at, Utah, at um, Carson, California, to play the Aztecs. But that'll be a pretty good game because when we get to preview of that, what will be the big matchup is Logan Bonner throwing down to right, Jordan Nathan, uh, specifically Devin Tompkins. We'll see if the running game can get going because you had uh, Elon Noah didn't do all that great. Calvin Tyler Jr. only thirty-seven yards. They didn't run the ball very well, so they'll have to be a bit more. Um, multifaceted when they play San Diego State all right next game another blowout Air Force UNLV same type of deal Air Force need to win plus help 45 be 48-14 UNLV is showing some promise but for those who are saying oh man they have a shot maybe they could do something here against um Air Force the rush defense has been pretty good I was like no it's a different type of Russian defense running that going up with this run option attack they completed Nay, they threw zero passes in this game Air Force. So if you look at the box scores like why is there no passes? Um and also, like leading the way really quick was uh Emmanuel Mitchell, pretty big game. Brad Roberts had a couple pair two touchdowns. Five hundred and eleven yards, people. Five hundred and eleven Air Force just torched the rebels defense. And I called it too, not to brag, but Justin Rogers came off the bench last week, nearly led them to victory over San Diego State. I felt it was an adrenaline thing, a momentum thing. Like, all right, I'm out there, I get to play. Go make some, go get out there and just sling it. Have fun. Came back to earth because he was practicing all week, so he was getting more prepared. But it's a different mindset than just jumping and play. And it showed 8 of 18, 127, no TDs, no picks. But and he had Chuck Wagg and Charles Williams had a big game. 72-yard touchdown runs, 137 on the day to end his career as the Rebels' all-time leading rusher. But there was nothing. like This was a ball game from the start. 14-0, 24 to half. Air Force kept going but rebels like we've talked about all year no, no reason to to digest everything at the moment but they they did did show some promise throughout there. like they, they had a bunch of one eight 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 points or fewer decisions of games so it was one position games they had Air, eastern washington like they had fresno 2 they had utsa utah state 4 or 5 they had uh sorry to call, uh, 6 games of one possession eight points or fewer so Next year, it's like, okay, how do we learn to win? And it'll be interesting with a quarterback situation because you have Cameron Farrell, you have Brumfield, and then Rodgers, who is a former TCU guy, who came in uh, two years, last year he was eligible. He's technically a junior, so they have a lot of quarterback options next year. I'm not sure what they'll do. Brumfield seemed to be the guy when he was healthy, when all three are healthy, but Brumfield. But Rogers had a game, Cameron Phil showed showed up. They have guys out there who can make plays. We'll We'll just see what they do, but... There's nothing to go after this. Like he was sacked five times. Air Force had eight TFLs. UNLV only had two TFLs. Like when you play in run option attack, you can't give up big plays. And there are two plays over 40 yards. About I think seven to ten over 10 yards. When you're averaging like eight yards a carry. When you <laughs> go 69 y- attempts, 511 yards. Yeah, you're not you're not doing very well. That's my math is right. No, eight yards a carry, something like that. Eight times seven yards a carry, somewhere in that range, but. Air Force is going bowling, UNLV is done for the year Marcus Roy will be back obviously No reason to fear, he'll be on his way out But next game It's only a kick A jump A block It's only a serve It's only a tackle A run It's only for the fans After all, it's only pressure You got this Adidas Next, we have two games here. We're going to save. Uh, we got the best game for the last, in my opinion. But Hawaii, well, I mean, what the heck? Where is this Hawaii team all year? 38-14. fourteen. They're up thirty-one seven at the half. Samon Cordier had a great game. He had to run the ball more than we thought. He had eighty-six yards on the ground. F- excuse me. Uh, yeah, eighty-six on the ground. They Calvin um, Calvin Turner Jr. had a, had a pretty good game as well, receiving. But this is a game where man, free, jeez, you. don't uh, Be uh, Hawaii just did what they wanted to against Wyoming. The defense, Wyoming, like, we you know it's a pretty good defense, but rushing game, yeah, Parsons and Dady Hunter didn't have a big game, or Calvin T- Turner as well. The, the actual running backs didn't do well overall. The running game was held, but when your QB gets, like, four yards of carry, and he a in 20 plus yards, and he's well over 50% completion rate, you have mo- big pass plays downfield where he had – Seven plays of 10 yards or more against Wyoming defense, and then you have Hawaii's defense. Well, Hawaii's defense, which has been okay, their pass defense is fine, but Sean Chambers came in, so there's that. It's like, what are they doing at quarterback now? Because Wyoming and their bowl scenario, while well, technically they're bowl eligible, there are now more teams eligible than not. And it'll be, I put it in our in the uh bowl projection preview for this current week that they're one of a handful of teams like five or six teams that are are eligible, but only six wins. A group of five team will be left out. Uh, and then we have... Um, what am I thinking here? Over... I'm oh, sorry, sorry. Mountain West has one more team eligible than Bull slots. So Wyoming could be an outside looking in. they the only Mountain West team with six wins. So if they are going to get um, left out, it would, this would be the team. And they have Craig Bull lobbying to get his team to a bowl game. Like, they lost the game. It's not going well. It's like, is he going to be back? But uh, Bull said he's confident they want to keep playing football, Duh, obviously. Those practices are valuable. An extra game, it's fun for the kids. Going to Bull, get a Bull swag and fun stuff you get for going there. So he's making a pitch to get in there. I think they would get in like over – I think they'll be fine because a lot of it was from Conference USA and Sunbelt, which Sunbelt is better. But I would like to think that with the level of the Mountain West Conference and the way they're going to get Bull tie-ins and kind of switch things around, they'd rather have one, I'm guessing, then. Like Florida International or something, some certain teams. I'm just throwing a new team out there, but I would think that they would go bowling, but we'll see how it goes. It's still, it's something we'll see what they do. But also Craig Bow, his job security should be fine, but I know a lot of guys are not happy with what he's been doing, and so just because they it hasn't been amazing under Craig Bow. Air, it's been okay, but never getting outside of the Josh Bow or excuse me, the um, Josh Allen situation it hasn't been great. It's been okay. It's been fine. But they're not able to like take the uh, what is it the it's up um, the next level I should say. So there we go. That's all that that worked out there. But we'll see Hawaii six and seven. There was murmurs of them going to a bowl game if they got there, but now it's all these teams are eligible. Not nah, it's not going to happen. All right, I told just to be quick. We're only twenty five minutes in, so this will be a speed podcast, folks. Like what? I normally need seventy five minutes to get this done. To, for my Meat. Guess what? You'll have one when you read. listen to this. You'll have extra this week so it'll make up for it. It's just going solo and all these blowouts and nothing to look forward to as much for many teams. And apparently I'm a stuffy nose at the moment. You can't tell. I don't know where this came from. I was outside earlier. It was a little chilly so I'm going to get this done. But the final game of the weekend. Oh boy. If you're a Nevada fan it's amazing. So I know our buddy's Brad and Austin are doing this. Yes, yes, yes. 52-10 to 10 Nevada over Colorado State. The big story if you did not watch this game, which I don't blame you. I stopped at halftime for multiple reasons. I was working and doing other things. But you would see Carson Strong throwing to blinkity-miss at Torrey Horton. Two touchdowns, 14 points in the first like five minutes, it seems like. If that. Romeo Debs with a pair of touchdowns. Like, Carson Strong, a ton of NFL scouts out there throwing dimes, throwing rockets, chucking down the field. Like Oh, that's a story. 280 yards. They had, had Toa Tala had a pretty decent game. They had um, Avery Morrow show up with 88 yards. Torrey Horton eventually had four catchers for 113. Trey McBride had a big game, including a touchdown, a fake punt, a 16-yard rush, plus 113 on the ground. Like, oh, what, this game? Nevada crushed. That's the story. No. Story. More shenanigans from Steve Adazio, the Colorado State head coach, where there were very few people in the stands, very few people at halftime got ejected in the game due to a pair of unsportsmanlike conducts, which is a fairly new <coughs> rule in college football. I think it's, I want to say within the past four years, where if you're co- for coach, because coaching can get penalties, he's going out the refs. He was like, I just uh, was telling him, like, give us a break or something like that. Like, he said it was something not not um, something nondescript, but it doesn't matter. It's like he's had so many issues this year, and his buyout drops down in a couple of days. I honestly... We were already skeptical we of being skeptical of the hire before. Like, the one thing he's good at running the ball, he's not good at with this team. They're, they're leaving missing a lot of guys, but, like, their biggest play was that ground play, the fake punt by McBride. They had uh, Evan Olas at 53 yards. Like, the running backs, like, Bailey had 7-14. Like, what the heck is that going to happen when your best running back, David Bailey, gets seven carries? Teo did get better throughout the year, but this game was brutal with two picks. They had two guys, McBride and Wright. Their defense is solid, but they're missing. They're going to be missing so many guys. But when you look at everything, over I'm trying to look up the quotes here I had about from this post game press conference. He's apparently saying we're this close to being turned around. I'm like, this close to what? Here's the thing that Rams fans are probably most frustrated about. And we'll have probably just a Michael Jordan podcast. I'll reach out to him because he's been out there for a while. But look at think of last year: Utah State, Colorado State. Utah State and Gary Anderson was a complete disaster last year. He basically quit on the team. Final game of the year, Utah State. It wasn't COVID reason. They said we're not playing Colorado State at the end of the year. They basically give up and forfeit the game. Essentially, I don't remember if it was actual forfeit or not, but they. It just was Utah State's like. We're not playing now. Utah State's one year later. Yeah, transfer portal helps. Logan Bonner, Justin Rice, retaining Devin Tompkins is great, but they turn around and go 93 in the Mountain West title game, where the Rams seem to be getting worse. They had a small stretch where they were okay. Like, they oh, they seemed to be getting going. But they had the punt stuff, field goal stuff versus Utah State. They Like, again, plus Coach Adizer is not taking responsibility. It's like, oh, it's on me. We should have done this. It's me, 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 me. I'll take the fall. No. A question that was asked was about rivalry games. Well, I wasn't here in 2016. It's like, who cares? Just say you're trying to get better trying to improve upon that. He doesn't have a, a, a signal to don't send a field goal. You know, they lose South Dakota State. They blow lead to Vanderbilt. They did play well versus Iowa. Utah State they play well of the final part of the game. They get they get embarrassed in the final home game, in their super expensive stadium that people love to brag about when nobody shows up. Because look at like um, Twitter and pictures and videos during after halftime, it's embarrassing. It's like here is what here is a couple of quotes he says like um what well that sorry that's um Trey McBride but several times this is not one several times from Kevin Lytle from the Colorado and said that CSU is like put your fingers together, this close, um. And that patience is required that they're this close. Like, this close to what? Because if you, I put a small list on Twitter. Trey McBride is gone. Don Terrain's is most likely gone. Totson Teo is gone. Scott defender Scott Patrick has gone. Rich, Rashad Ajayi is probably gone. Manny Jones is gone. David Bailey is probably gone. Like, your leading pass catchers, leading rushers, starting QB all gone. Multiple de- good defenders are gone. Like, there's no upside. It Like, even UNLV, who lost whatever their losing streak was this year, were close in game. So they had lost Eastern Washington by two points. But they nearly beat Fresno nearly beat San Diego State. They did win two games this year. They've been pretty close in a handful of games. CSU doesn't seem to be getting better at all. And so, and he's like, he's very, very, like he said, he's very excited about where the program's headed. Yeah, he's disappointed about tonight. He's like, well, that's a big understanding, which I get. But he's like, I understand everybody wants everything right now, but it's a total rebuild and it's going to take some time. Those are facts. Okay, cool. They'd, I know they didn't have. Um, oh, who was it last year? Oh, geez. I forget the receiver was really good, so I'm not going to think about it. Everybody's yelling at me probably. But Utah State did it one year. If that's the case, recruit. Because every time you look at his career, he's only had very good success taking over programs. Temple and BC. He took over players of a team because usually he'd get a job promoted, other coach got promoted. This was a firing, and now you're taking over. He needs to hit the portal. He needs to do better in everything he's doing at recruit better, because they're near the bottom of in the Mountain West of recruiting when he's been there. And I get it, it's, it could take time. Like but here's the thing, it's not even though you're not in New Mexico who's had pretty low level success. Sunny Lubick, they did great with Rams. I don't know if it's a long time, but winning whack titles, winning, winning Mountain West titles back in the late nineties. They're competitive. They had guys in the NFL, Reno Scott, Van Pelt throwing stuff, um, no, not Van Pelt. Bradley Van Pelt throwing the football at the Rams for the Buffs guy QB running then tossing against him great, great memory it's Sonny for geez, geez look who this. he's amazing they've had great success coach uh, even though Mike Bobo wasn't great he was still going to bowl games wasn't winning those bowl games wasn't winning rivals that's why he got fired you had Jim McIlwain who won double digit win season goes to Florida couple years great it can be done and quickly might I add to you as well but when you look at it, it's like oh it's a long time it's like what patience are you looking for when the when people when you come in and they bring in these are pretty decent name coaches like oh I got a guy from BC he got fired after oh, they were decent they weren't bad at Boston College but when you look at the like the Rams yeah three and seven and four and eight year did it but when you look back from after the Farrell Child era because that was pretty embarrassing as well but since they had Jim McElwain they've only had. Let's see. I'll, I'll, okay, if I include last year, or not you can say if that's fair, fair or not. But they've had one, two, three, four losing seasons since then. Five, if you count Adazio's last year, one of one and three. But he's had two of those. So forty percent of those minus five hundred years are him. The three wins are the fewest. Um, I won't count last 2020 because that's unfair for a fewer losses. But fourth Bobo oh in 08 and 19, three in 0 and 18. Besides that, it's been almost a decade since they had like really bad years. The first Jim McElwain year, near, which is okay understandable, but those three and nine years consecutively, three three years consecutively, three and nine for Steve Fairchild got him the boot because that was so bad. But it he's making a lot of excuses, but there's like they like things have gone a little bit differently. They could have three more wins because the big leavers Vanderbilt shouldn't lose South Dakota State no matter how good they are at the FCS level. We'd be talking about a six and six Rams team. Like, that's awesome. That's great. They're moving in. They're in a bowl game. But then they lose in weird ways. They don't even show up for this game on senior night. Blow down 31 out to half. Coach gets ejected for just saying we need to do better to the refs. But at least that's what he says he told the refs. So kind a hearsay or whatever you want to – not hearsay, but just him – here's what I said and it also depends how did you say it because if you say it sarcastically or rudely that's a different thing I appreciate some sports too so it's like it depends how you say it but we'll get into this later but his buyout drops that's why I was kind of looking up earlier while we're going through all this but his buyout does decrease in a couple of days to a manageable I want to say oh shoot about two million dollars where if Jack if Parker the AD is like really really into it like they say they have money for the stadium because they fundraised to save, even though like I believe some public money was was for it. But the way the fan base has turned on this, and I know there's a mil- here's a, here's a good opportunity this year. There's going to be a million coaches opening, a million spots open. So there's going to be guys who either need a job, want a job, or are going to move up because right now I know USC still have Oklahoma open, LSU, Florida got filled by Billy Napier earlier today as well. You have big jobs that are still open and they're going to be open. You have Washington still open. You. I guess Herm Edwards is back at Arizona State. Chip Kelly's not going anywhere to UCLA. But there's a lot of jobs open. Like if Caleb DeBoer takes Washington job that opens at Fresno, it's like there's going to be dominoes and stuff. So there's a chance to maybe they can get a guy they, they didn't think they would get. Because let's say a guy goes to a big-time Power 5 school. Not all the assistants go with them. Maybe there's a good assistant there that can be a head coach at Colorado State that didn't get retained or isn't moving on to – like Graham Harrell, like this is pure speculation – no insight or anything, but Graham Harrell is the uh, U.S. Well, how do i put this? Um, USC offensive coordinator, or it has been. Will Lincoln Riley keep him around? So there's that. So like, what is his deal going to be? Not to, not saying he's going to take over the CSU job, but uh, I'm just trying. I just oof, just trying to think like that. Gotten type of guy. Like if he doesn't get retained we'll see what he does. So there's stuff like that where I'm just trying to think out loud of where, where these guys could go. So Rams fans, I don't, I don't know, man. I just, it's tough to see what things are going on with, uh, with that job. But that's one thing to look at where if he, that's the type of person I could see where they could find a guy to bring him because Honestly, if Graham, if Lincoln Riley doesn't keep Graham Harrell, why not go after? I mean, yeah, why not go after him or something? To try to bring him in there because he's been finds North Texas pretty good. He was with uh, Oklahoma State. With Mike Gundy was there. He's linked to Dana Holgerson. Linked to got a lot of good guys. Washington State stuff like that. With Mike Leach. He's been a guy who's been throwing the ball around a lot. So we'll see. I don't know. It's uh. It's just a mess for, for CAC. I'm trying to just kind of rambling, reading as I'm talking. But like that could be a guy where if he's not retained, why not try for that? Because that would bring some excitement. Only Steve Dazza wants to run the ding ball, and he's just not doing a good job at it. So that's it for this show. We'll keep the coaching stuff updated. Check the website, mwr.com. Again, a quicker 30-something-minute podcast. Me and Matt will be back Monday to look forward to the Utah State C and State Championship game, which right now I think the odds are Aztecs by – don't quote me on this. I'm trying to look now, but I think it's three to five points. Pretty, pretty manageable odds there. So we'll dive into that. We'll get into what kind of what we're gonna do for the week, because coverage will be a bit more. Buddy Sam, Logan, Ted, or and all sorts of guys will be doing these different type of things or doing some staff picks as well. So a ton of coverage. So check out all that. Check that, that out throughout the week. Um, right now, oh, it opened at four and a half. Now six. Point favorite for Asics, or air quotes, at home in this game. So we'll see, we'll kind of go to that. over-unders up a little bit to 50.5. So we'll dive into all that too the, the Monday for kind of a Matt's thoughts for the weekend, quick preview, and then probably a bigger preview later in the week. So I have a couple extra podcasts, stuff like that. So stay tuned. mwr.com subscribe where you get podcasts, like our website, all that good stuff. You know what to do. And we'll see you next time, folks.